What's up, everybody? On today's show, On3 Sports releases their SEC Power Rankings heading into 2023. We'll run through those. Auburn flips a big-time recruit from Georgia. And more of our interviews from SEC Media Days as we catch up with the SEC Network's Jordan Rogers and Dari Noka. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. All right, we got plenty to jump into. Let's do it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Throws. 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 Around the conference. And we start with some recruiting news as Demarcus Riddick, a five-star linebacker who had committed to Georgia back in November, officially flipped to Auburn on Wednesday. Six foot two, 212 pounds, the number three linebacker in this upcoming recruiting class of 2024. He's the number three player in the state of Alabama. And a lot of folks thought that, uh, you know, maybe Alabama was still in play here. But Riddick said, uh, quote, at Georgia, I was feeling at home, and I felt like that was my family, but this Auburn family is something different. This is where I want to be for the next three or four years. It feels like home there. Bama, I love the school, love the coaches there. have a great relationship with the coaches, but it just didn't feel like home. So Auburn is where he feels like home, and a big-time, big-time get for Hugh Freeze and company into Marcus Riddick. He had offers from tons of schools like Arkansas, Florida, Florida State, was recruited by Glenn Schumann at Georgia, and now he is headed to the Plains of Auburn. So congrats uh, to Hugh Freeze and company getting uh, getting a big-time recruit there. But look, it's no sweat off Georgia's back. They already have the number one rated recruiting class, and they'll just continue to add to it. But uh, according to 24-7 Sports, uh, Riddick has visited Auburn four times since the start of this year. Slated to attend Auburn's Big Cat Weekend event this coming weekend. In other recruiting news, Kai Bates, a cornerback out of the Orlando area, six foot tall, 180 pounds, he announced his commitment on Wednesday to LSU. He had a ton of offers. A lot of people thought maybe Tennessee was going to be where he would land. Visited Tennessee, Florida State, Alabama, and LSU last month, and he officially picked the Tigers. He is the number 11 player in the class of 2024. The number 15 player in the state of Florida was recruited to LSU by Robert Steeples. It's the second highest rated recruit in LSU's class as they have 20 commitments so far. He did say uh, LSU being known for producing first round picks will stick for a long time being called DBU. So Kai Bates heading to LSU. By the way, This is a big, big, big recruiting weekend with a ton of schools hosting uh, recruiting events for guys to come in starting, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, Monday, we're going to have a pretty big recruiting recap because I expect a lot of commitments coming in over the weekend. We'll recap all that for you right here on Locked on SEC. All right. Other news, Shane Beamer talked with the media on Wednesday and talked about how his program has really grown in just two years. He said, you know, two years ago we were picked – 
to finish just ahead of, just above Vanderbilt at the bottom of the SEC East. Uh, he said, one national member said the 2021 team had a ceiling of two wins. And now here they are, just announced earlier this week, College Game Day will be on site for the start of their game of North Carolina versus South Carolina to kick off the season. Shane Beamer said, look, makes a great statement about the progress we made and some of the things that we've accomplished. We're certainly proud of that, but we also know we're nowhere near being where we're going to go. And that's a lot more than we can do in this program and and going to continue to do that and build as we move forward. Uh, One roster note for South Carolina, their freshman Cameron Sandlin is going to begin his college career in the running back room. That is according to... Uh, running back coach Monterio Hardesty talking with some folks on Wednesday. He uh, said that Cameron Sandlin is going to play running back. He played quarterback in high school, was listed as a tight end in South Carolina's media guide, but Hardesty uh, confirmed rumblings that Sandlin would be moving to the backfield. Six foot three, 214 pounds, is a three star signee from the state of Alabama. Uh, he will be the biggest scholarship player at running back for South Carolina. Hardesty said he's a big athlete. He was a running quarterback. think he could play multiple positions on offense from H-back to tight end to running back. He's a natural runner, so we're going to start him in the running back room, and we will go from there. So something to keep an eye on there. Cameron Sandlin at South Carolina. See what he does in that backfield. Meanwhile, over at Florida, Billy Napier getting another addition in former East Los Angeles College edge rusher Quincy Ivory. Uh, committed to Florida during an official visit last month, but had to wait to finish up his associate's degree over the summer to join the team. And with all that worked out, he is now in Gainesville and getting to work with the team. He's got three years of eligibility remaining. He's got a lot of catching up to do, having missed all the last few months of workouts and all that. But last season, he had 22 tackles, 12 and a half tackles for a loss, and eight and a half sacks for East Los Angeles College. So Quincy Ivory a name to keep an eye on there as an edge rusher for the Florida Gators. All right, over at On3 Sports, they put out yesterday their 2023 SEC preseason power rankings. This is coming from our buddy Jesse Simonton from On3 Sports. We actually uh, taped an interview with him at SEC Media Days. We'll have that for you uh, one day next week. But he put out his power rankings coming at number one. No surprise, the Georgia Bulldogs going for their three-peat. Number two, he has Alabama. He said, uh, in a bit of a surprise, Alabama was the media's pick to win the SEC West this year. And while uh, the collective we did not provide Nick Saban the tasty rat poison he desires, it's clear this tied team is fueled by the notion that the program could be slipping, slipping. And after signing the best recruiting class in modern history, the Crimson Tide have more former four- and five-star recruits on their roster than any team in America. If they can figure out that quarterback thing, then Alabama absolutely could find itself back in the SEC championship. Outside of that, they've got LSU at number three, just behind Alabama. Tennessee at number four. It's most people, it seems like the consensus has been, you know, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee. Most people think that, you know, those are the four best teams in the SEC this year. Then he's got Texas A&M at five, Arkansas at six, Ole Miss at seven. So a run on the SEC West teams there following Tennessee. And then we get to Kentucky at eight, South Carolina at nine, Auburn at 10, Mississippi State 11, Florida 12, Mizzou 13, and Vanderbilt 14. I'll just tell you guys right now, it feels like after those first four, you could really convince me 
from five all the way till probably Auburn at 10. A&M, Arkansas, Miss Kentucky, South Carolina, and Auburn. You could sell me that any one of those teams is going eight and four. You could sell me that any one of those teams is going six and six. It's just kind of a jumbled mess, and we'll see what they do. Is A&M a six and six team or an eight and four team? Arkansas get to eight wins this year? Sure. But could things not go well and they go six and six? Sure. It's just, uh, it's one of those things, man. You know, we're going to find out, look at the uh, schedules and uh, try to find some wins there. But, um, you know, no offense to Vanderbilt, but I think we all agree they're they're at the bottom. And then it kind of is Missouri or Florida. Who do you think is maybe in worse shape? Not program-wise, but just like, with their schedules and how things could play out this year. And I keep going back on that Auburn-Mississippi State thing. I just look at – I get Hugh Freeze at Auburn, bring in Peyton Thorne. They've done a good job in the transfer portal. But Mississippi State's got a ton of talent still on that roster. It's hard. I, I just – I keep looking at that roster and going, how do I put Auburn ahead of Mississippi State? Now, maybe Auburn's got a slightly easier schedule than, than Mississippi State. I guess you could make a case for that. But they still got to play uh, Georgia and Alabama. So, anyway, there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference, and that's the uh, preseason power rankings from Jesse Simonton over at On3 Sports. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation from SEC Media Days with Jordan Rogers from the SEC Network. That's coming your way next. But first, I want to remind you guys this episode is presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. If you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, you have to go check out our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You just go to their website, you post your job posting, you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That'll spread the word that you're hiring. And then they got simple tools like screening questions that are going to make it easy for you to focus on the candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. It's all about finding the right team member. And look, they're going to have the uh, uh, positive and measurable impact on your business by using LinkedIn Jobs. That's why small businesses rank uh, LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires against leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. It's right there below us. That's LinkedIn College, uh, linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Right along here with our buddy Jordan Rogers from the SEC Network. Always good to see you, man. And uh, we're on your turf here at SEC Media Love Days. it. About time. I mean, I like Hoover, you know what I mean? But it's about time we got this in Nash Vegas, baby. Does it, does it bring back any memories being here on Broadway? Maybe some late nights back in the day? It does. I'll say what, though. I have been the guy that everyone's been asking, hey, where should I go to eat? You know, what should I, what should I do at night? I'm like, hey. I was here in 2012. <laughs> Nashville, I don't know if you noticed, is a little it's different a little than different. it was a decade ago. So when I was here, there wasn't a single rooftop downtown. So right. Sunday nights, we had like a light practice Sunday after a Saturday game. Mondays were off. So Sunday nights was kind of our Broadway night. We'd go down to the stage, but it was different. There wasn't rooftops. There wasn't the crazy <laughs> amount of people there. We're still busy, but, um, but it's good to be back. I always love Nashville. Uh, last year, we talked about, uh, both of us, our Rome vacations and yes. all we did out there. Did you have any uh, good off-season trips this off-season? So speaking of that, 
Italy vacation, my wife was so inspired that she decided to start a uh, an Italian-inspired spritz company. So uh, wow. we've been traveling all over the place because she's coming out with a, a spritz brand. It's called St. Spritz. Um, so Italy was a great inspiration for us. We nice. haven't traveled as much this summer, which has been nice. Okay. Um, kind of staying low-key and... Uh, we live in Puerto Rico, though, so it's hard to beat the island weather every day anyway. Yeah, that's not bad. We just did uh, 10 days in Scotland and Ireland. Oh, and, that's one place I want to go. Uh, like the Cliffs of Moher. Yes. I think it was about 100 mile per hour gusts. Like, I'm a big like fan of the Princess Bride, so that's <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I, yeah. I, I do want to go to the Cliffs we, of Moher. We saw the castle where they filmed that, Game of Thrones. Very cool. Uh, Monty Python, all that that's stuff. That's awesome. So very, very cool stuff, but very different from the weather oh, here. I bet, yeah. I, like, walked out the plane here and just started sweating. I was so. waiting for an Uber last night, and I was drenched. It's like, I've been outside for two minutes. What is going on? All right, let's jump into it. I know we still have over a month to go. Where are we on the Alabama quarterback spot? Is this weird? Like, like I can't think of the last 10 years that we've been in the spot with Alabama and a Nick Saban team where we don't know who the quarterback is at this point in the year. Yeah, it's been what, since 2015 maybe when Jake Coker transferred in? I mean, we kind of knew yeah. it was going to be him, but we really haven't had these type of questions. I did the spring game, so I left the spring game being more impressed than I thought I would with the depth and the talent at receiver. And in talking to Tommy Reese, everyone's like, well, are they going to get back to two tight ends, smash mouth football, get back to running the ball? Yeah, I think there's elements of the tight end that Tommy believes in the run game. So I think we will see that. But I left the interview with Tommy being more inclined, and he even kind of alluded to, I'm, I'm more inclined to go five wide with the amount of talent we have. So I left the spring game thinking Ty Simpson's the guy because – what this offense needs is a point guard right now. And, and, and Bryce was a point guard, but he was also Steph Curry. Right. You know, he, he could make every throw, the deep shots and everything. So they don't need a Bryce. They won't run an offense that needs a Bryce, but they need a distributor. And they need the guy that's going to be the most consistent doing that, which is why once they, I think, left spring and realized we're leaning more towards Ty, and again, these are my opinions, we need to bring in another guy that can run that system. Because Milrow is incredibly gifted. But it's a different type of offense you need to run with him. Yeah. And also, he'll make the wow throws, but he'll make the throws that make you go wow in a bad way as well. And I think that's what Saban really struggles with with Milrow. So I think it's Buckner and Simpson. I don't think we're going to know, even week one, who the full-time starter is going to be. I think Ty starts the season. But I was more impressed than I thought I'd be in Buckner's film. Yeah. Um, better ability than I thought to change his arm angle and some of the RPO stuff. Doesn't have a big arm. He's not killing you downfield. But he's consistent. And, and with the talent they have, they just need somebody to be a game manager. As much as that's a taboo, like yeah. negative thing in this, this day and age, it's not. And it shouldn't be with Alabama. They're stacked at running back, stacked at wide receiver, talented with what they added at tight end and C.J. Dippery and what they have in like an Amari Nyblack who's incredibly talented. Robbie Utes is a guy that's going to get in there and block for you. So they have the pieces around the quarterback. They need a guy to not mess it up. What about at Ole Miss? It feels like it's Jackson Dart, but doesn't it feel weird to look at Spencer Sanders and go, why did you come here? Totally. Like, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've heard a lot of good things about Jackson. And, and I think what happened last year that led to some of the inconsistencies is he was still growing as a quarterback. And one of his biggest weapons was him running the football and his physicality. And so as a quarterback – when you're sticking your face in there and you're, you're running for tough yards and you're banging your head, like it's tough to then switch gears and play in the pocket and be consistent and, and do the, that part of the quarterback, the, the game that you need to do and be consistent at. So I think his development this offseason 
will pay huge dividends um, in his accuracy and consistency pushing the ball downfield. I think was the biggest issue, right? We're so used to Matt Corral bombs away and being on the money so often in those big shots downfield. And Jackson was a little hit or miss in that. I think the competition is going to be huge for him in developing. I've yeah. been a guy that I, I competed every – there was not a single year in my entire career, high school, junior college, Vandy, where I wasn't in a competition. I was never the guy. So that raises your focus. That raises your level of play. So I do think it's going to be Jackson. Spencer is extremely talented, and he's a great option if it's not, if Jackson hasn't taken the steps he needs to. Um, but I still think that that offense is poised to, to be pretty dangerous. Biggest threat to Georgia in the East, if there is one. And you can say there isn't one. No, I, th I think it's Tennessee, and okay. I think it's legitimate. Um, Joe Milton is, is by and far the most talented, physically gifted player I've ever been around. Now, I've said this before, but having a strong arm is not a prerequisite to play the quarterback position, right? But it sure is nice. It's, right. a, it's a nice perk to have. Um, that offense is set up for him to excel. And, yes, they lost Jalen Hyatt, um, but they add Dante Thornton from Oregon, who I kept asking the guys this spring because I did that spring game too. I was like, does he have the juice that Hyatt did, right? Can, can yeah. he stretch the field? And they go, oh, yeah, every bit of it. So they lose their best receiver, but they add a guy that can fit that mold, and they bring everybody else back. Now, there's a lot of pressure on Joe Milton, and it's a low margin for error offense because they push the ball downfield quite a bit. But with Georgia losing the physical corner in Keeley Ringo, that was really one of the bugaboos last year for, for Tennessee, pressing at the line of scrimmage. If they can kind of fix a little bit of that, they're going to be a big threat. They're better on defense. They're deeper on defense. But Georgia's still, they're still my pick. They're still the dogs to beat. But uh, Tennessee's going to have a shot. How much of a threat is, is LSU? Is LSU, should they be the favorite in the West right now with the I think questions? So. Yeah, with everything they're bringing back and, and Jaden's development. Bring everybody back on offense. They got arguably the best player in the SEC on defense as well. So in Harold Perkins. So I think they're going to be tough to beat. Again, the question mark in the West is how quickly does the quarterback position evolve for Alabama? Because what they lost is significant on defense. But Caleb Downs and Earl Little in the secondary are, I mean, Kevin Steele was raving about those guys. They're going to be superstars, even though they're true freshmen. So Alabama's only going to get better as the year goes on. How quickly can they get better in the secondary, in the back end with the youth, and at the quarterback position. Yeah, and that game in, in, against LSU is in November. Bama yeah, they the, got a while, huh? They That's may right. have the quarterback thing figured out by then. He is Jordan Rogers, SEC Network. Always good to catch up with you, man. Thanks awesome. for the time. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. Rolling along here from SEC Media Days, and always fun to uh, catch up with uh, Dari Noka, of course, of uh, the SEC Network, and... Uh, uh, baseball player, apparently. I heard, I heard you were swinging him pretty straight uh, at the ballpark yesterday. I saw the video. Yeah. You look like, and look, I'm not calling you short. I'm, no, I'm, I'm short. not, no, I'm I'm not short. that short. Yeah. You look like Altuve in the box. Oh, just good. Liner after liner. Base hit, base yep. hit. Yep. Uh, I did not have a microphone on my chest. Though. No, okay, that's the only Astro shot I'm going to take. All right. I mean, that's the on. only Astro shot there I'm going to take. No, there was no, uh, <laughs> you could you could have said Cole Kublik was banging a trash can. You could have said that. Could have, you know? yes. Uh, I will avoid the Astro talk. Um, no, it was really, really fun. Little challenge that CD and I had, and the Nashville sounds were just unbelievable to us yesterday. And uh, yeah, no, I was relieved to to put a few in play at Have what you ever we done believe that is ninety five miles an hour. Have I ever hit ninety five? No, well, like at a AAA park. Had you ever done that? Before? Oh, uh, no, 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 I had oh. not. I had not. No, we. It was a. It was a really good time. They were great. It was, but you know. It was a pitching machine. We knew where it was going. We just—it was all a matter of timing. I had a couple of bad-looking swings and misses, and then yeah. we started started hitting a little bit on swing three. So, 
Felt good. Um, felt good. CD did not have he did the not. same kind of success. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, for being this stud, worldly athlete, he's not yeah. good at baseball. Yeah, so. I mean, look at him and look at me. You know, this is <laughs> this is the thing. Is is it shocked people? That yeah. The, the, you know the the uh, little dude that never played any <laughs> semblance of collegiate sports or beyond. Yeah. Out hit him, but you know that's why I love baseball. It's a game for the little guys. There you you know, we can do well. The Altuve's can have success. That's right. That's right. Um, you got to be excited. I, I know you've probably been asked this a million times, but Oklahoma coming in, you mm. know, you, not every day you, you get your alma mater gets to come to the conference you cover, <laughs> yeah, but it's awesome. um, that's got to be cool. Yeah, I'm still living on cloud nine on that. I mean, you know, when the announcement was, you know, when the talk started, I got excited when, you know, the, the Chronicle or whatever broke the news, I got excited. I mean, it's no, the conversations I'm getting to have about them coming to the league. I, I'm thrilled. You know, my friends, my family in Oklahoma, they they can't wait to watch the network on a regular basis and to see um you know a sooner getting to talk about oklahoma um no it's it's i'm beyond thrilled and i i can't wait i can't wait for july 1st of 24 when they're an official member yeah because it's like everybody everybody's got some kind of allegiance like roman's alabama guy yeah. doring's florida peter burns just like a de facto lsu yeah, fan yeah. <laughs> and it's like everybody kind of has their allegiance and you've been the outside guy like all right can we put the big 12 game on this yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Over? yeah we've always in our studio too it's funny you mentioned that i mean we've got we've got eight tvs in the studio so we've got all the all the SEC games are, are on, and then there's always an OU TV, and they all know that. Like, there's always <laughs> going to be an OU TV. That game is always going to be on, and now they get to be part of the SEC. Now, now there's nobody's going to argue because yeah. they're part of the league. Um, we all we all do have our allegiances, you know, and, and we'll call each other out on them and have a lot of fun. I think it's got to be done the right way, obviously. Yeah. Um, it, but it's funny over the years. I mean, think about the number of, of big games Oklahoma's played against SEC teams three years in a row in a playoff, and they got hammered in all three. Well, not hammered by Georgia, but they lost all three. Yeah. So it, we we've had experience with uh, you know Dari's team going up against an SEC team and. Um, Dari's team always loses. So <laughs> hopefully over time now, uh, our, my team can start to win a little bit. You mentioned being in the studio. T- take <clears throat> us through a, a normal Saturday in yeah. the fall. Because, you know, I think you're like a lot of us fans. Like, you're sitting there watching a oh, lot yeah. of games. You know, these other guys, they're all on the road and in the booth and on the field and doing all this. You, you get yeah. to watch the games. It's a lot of work. But take us, like, what's a normal Saturday like they're, for you? The, they're the 14 or 15 best days of my work year. I mean, it's it's there's not a question about it. I mean, I'm getting to sit in there with my, you know, some of my best friends, and we've got eight games on, and we're sitting literally. I mean, we're, we're occasionally we'll do TV, and when we're not actually doing TV, we're sitting right <laughs> in that studio watching games and commenting on games and reacting. Ah, oh, come on. Wait, what TV you watch? You know, and it's <laughs> like, I, you know, it's, you, watch, you got to watch the replay on you know LSU or whatever it may be and but it's great because we're just having conversations and those conversations when it comes time for the shows they'll come back up you yeah. know and I kind of know what this guy couldn't believe happened and I know what this guy said was the reason that they team x beat team y and and so just absorbing all that information from those guys who know it all so much better than I do um, it, it helps us so much as the day goes on and then we have our end of the night you know SEC final Give me a good story. Was there ever an incidence of just things going chaotic, haywire, back in the... <laughs> um, not re- the best things are when Doring is watching Florida. Because <laughs> he just, he will just explode um, if, if something goes wrong. Or frankly, if something goes right. It's more often now that it doesn't go right. But, you know, or, or watching him when a receiver drops a pass. Yeah. It's unacceptable to him. The receiver drops the pass. So we may just be sitting and there's kind of like maybe not much going on. 
and all of a sudden, or I'm writing something on the computer, and all of a sudden you hear, oh, catch the football, you know, and he stands up and he's like, nobody can catch the ball, you know. So <laughs> nothing's really gone haywire on the air that much, but uh, off the, if you're not paying attention, like, or starting to doze off a little bit, Doring will scare the heck out of you with, with some of his receiver reactions. Yeah. yeah. I think it's so funny when I think of you. I think of you always on the desk, you know, on SEC Network and all this. But I also always think of you when I wake up in the middle of the night and a game's being replayed and it cuts to Dari. Mm. Uh, due to time restraints, yeah. we uh, fast forward in the yeah. action or whatever the yeah, liner yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. But it always seems to be you doing that liner. Yeah, it's me. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Uh, it's funny. I remember, you know, when we started the network and. You know, we, I, I don't think I've taped one of those for two or three years. I mean, it's just the same. But there'll be people that'll be like, God, you're, you're, you're working all the time. No, I'm not at work at 3.50 <laughs> right. in the morning <laughs> moving the LSU-Auburn game ahead. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's not live. That's it's funny. the same one that's been playing for three years. I, I'd be remiss if we, I didn't ask you. I love talking um, NBA with you. And sure. for years, you know, we had the Rockets, and we had stolen James Harden from your Oklahoma City Thunder, and mm -hmm. we were riding high, and now – We've both kind of been through the through yeah. the, yeah. the hectic years, and the, the Thunder are on the way yeah. up now. What's going I, on? You know, to, for them to make the play-in last year was, you know, well ahead of schedule, especially without Chet, uh, you know, all season long. And now, I mean, that group and that core, and if he stays healthy, um, we've gotten to look the last two summers, summer leagues of, of what he can bring that team. I, I absolutely think it's a playoff team. Um, you know, I'm excited about Cason Wallace as well. I mean, you know, the, getting him in the draft. Uh, no, I I, th I think when you look at SGA and, and Josh Giddy, who I love, Giddy, um, you know, combined with Lou Dort, his ability to defend Chet on both ends of the floor, uh, I, I love I love this team. I mean, I, I think people in Oklahoma are really excited about it. Uh, the building's going to be packed, I think, every night. And I think a playoff spot is, is the natural progression for them. All right, let me ask you an SEC question, actual SEC football question, oh, sure. since that's why we're here. Um, <laughs> what's, the, what's the biggest storyline to you? Is it, is it can Georgia three-peat? Is it the Alabama quarterback thing? What's, what's the biggest storyline to you? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you're in Houston, and, and this would have been my answer anyway. It's Jimbo and Bobby. It's, it's those two working together and, and how it ultimately happens. I don't think we learned a lot yesterday um, with Jimbo at the podium. But, um, no, I, th I think it's those two. It's those two alpha males, you know, how they work together, who ultimately is calling plays when it's all said and done. Can Jimbo really release the, the reins and give it to, to, to Bobby? I, I think it's, I think that's, that's my most interesting story here for yeah. sure. Yeah. And the more people question it, the more I, I think, watch it work. Watch sure. this actually yeah. like. <laughs> and it might, like it, it might very well work, uh, you know, and I would expect it to work. Yeah. But I, I do think it's, a, it's a, going to be a, a fun, at times dramatic story to, to take hold of, you know. There he is, batting leadoff out of the University of Oklahoma. Dory, I like the sound of that. Appreciate the time, man. Always good to see you. Good to see you as well. All Thanks, right, man. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Keep checking us out. We'll have a Friday edition tomorrow, bringing some more of our great interviews from uh, SEC Media Days. Our thanks again today to Jordan Rogers and Dari Noka. Hope you guys enjoyed those interviews. Getting a little insight into behind the scenes at the SEC Network and um, a little insight into the 2023 SEC football season. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. Remember to subscribe and keep checking us out. And shout out to our everydayers for coming back every day. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.